Hello, and welcome to the No Good Poetry Podcast. Each week we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of poetry. This is episode 104 with Joseph Makos and Joseph Bievan. This is the good, bad, and the ugly, isn't it? Some ugly shit out there, kids. Let's make the world safer for poetry. Okay, so we're back in the studio on O.C. Haley, and we're hanging out talking. How do, we've, uh, you know, Poetry. Yeah, we're in the heat of the summer now, already. It is. It's a hot summer so far. Well, but it's not even summer yet. Yeah, not technically, I guess. Yeah. But we're in, we're, but the studio is nice and, and pretty pleasantly temperatured, even without air conditioning. So that's nice. And we've got a guest with us today. We do have a guest. Denison of Holy Cross, I believe, right? <laughs> yes, and Holy Cross. a poet and um, teacher, instructor, body work, arts, body arts. I call that the body arts. Yeah, I like that. And the um, writer uh, for all sorts of things, but um, I guess you write about queer sex, magic, and merino wool synthetic fibers for vice. Sometimes. That sounds about about the size of it. <laughs> Queer sex and synthetic fibers. <laughs> That's going to be my autobio. Tracy Ann Duncan. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the you're welcome. <laughs> welcome to the studio. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, you're you're on no good poetry. Let's take a caller. Just kidding. Oh my god. <laughs> Just kidding. That was so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> That would be cool. Give me a caller. Yeah, I know. I was just, I just, I just was like snapping into like acting like we were on a real radio show for a second. So I legitimately, secretly want to be an advice columnist. This is a secret dream of mine. So if you can get me callers, I'm down. <laughs> I really think. Okay, so let's just go into that real quick. So this idea of advice columns, I think, you know, the the long the 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 longest running women's advice column actually came out of this newspaper archive or this newspaper, this era. It was Dorothy Dix. Yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. Elizabeth Gilmer Merriweather. And she wrote the world renowned, world renowned syndicated advice column for women called Dorothy Dix Speaks or Advice from Dorothy Dix. And I feel like you could take some of those because they're written in a very particular time. And her, her, her attitude is really like, chin up girl, we've got somewhere to be today, don't you? Like, it's very like, it's very like, very like attack away from I think like a, a a thing so they could be totally reappropriated for today's. Crowd. Yeah, I have Honest. some handy from a couple weeks ago. I think. Oh, the Dorothy Dix ones. Yeah, the one that was about how um, ugliness is becoming popular amongst young women, <laughs> but really they should be wearing very white tennis skirts. I can't. I can't find it that quickly. Okay, I'm see if sorry, you can maybe but find I will, it. But... I'll try. I'll try and find it. I wish I could text search my photos. You can do it by map. You can do it search by oh, map. That's a great idea. Based, based on location, you okay. can find out where you are. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So advice columns. I don't. But are there still advice columns? I guess there are. There I mean, are. there's Dan Savage. He just does everything. Yeah, I guess he's still going. But, huh? Yeah, the poetics of advice. The poetics of advice. I, I remember you reading that out loud, and it was quite good. I took it with my real camera, so I, it's not in oh, there. Oh, it's not in there. Yeah. Oh, Apologies. So much for that. Oh, well. Okay. okay. <laughs> Onwards. And now a word from our sponsors. I'm just kidding. I'm just going to keep slipping into those. Uh, no, I, 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 now I'm trying to remember where we were, and then we can come back to it. Well, we were talking about advice columns. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I was just thinking, like, you could, you know, the reworking of this sort of, like, this sort of type of advice that was coming through at a specific time and understanding it in its context and understanding like what can we grab out of that and like shake it off and like when, when we like throw it back on the table like what what's what still sticks and that's the stuff that's like even could be even stronger for today's like what can we it's it's like what can we bring from yeah and also like what's the continuing thread between advice throughout the uh, the decades, right? Like there's something that's like very similar about like all advice columns, no matter whether they're like really conservative or if they're like Dan Savage, they're like, you know, about BDSM. There's some sort of like, I don't know, some common thread 
maybe it's just the tone uh, of advice giving that feels like very consistent throughout time. Yeah. yeah. Like almost proverbial. Hmm. Right. Is it? No. Is that what you're getting at? Like this idea of like what, and what I mean by that is like something that you read in a Dorothy Dix column from 1922 and like ultimately like it goes back to like David Psalms. Like in this really particular thing, like where it's like a piece of like universal human truth that could be mm. referenced to Thoreau, or, or I'm saying like well, not Psalms. Psalms. You said Proverbs. Proverbs. Right? I meant Pro- Yeah, right? Proverbs or or, or, or or something like that, where it's like a thread of something that comes through a lineage mm-hmm. that then mm-hmm. becomes masked over here as mm-hmm. advice to young women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in some sense, like the proverb just stays the same no matter what, like coding of like decade or uh, you know discourses like surrounding it. That, yeah, even like yeah. breaking through like barriers of gender, or, like yeah, ad- identity, and all that. that it like, still actually is true for yeah. this situation. Yeah. It doesn't matter who the players that you put in those words, those names are, but it still works. Yeah, I'd like to read Dorothy <laughs> Dix right up next to Dan Savage and find them. Yeah, that'd be interesting, very, interesting like, comparison. Yeah, that yeah. sounds pretty like far, a really pretty far good, apart, I think. That sounds like a really there good idea. Is a also, anybody who's looking for a dissertation, I feel like this is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I was actually already titling this The Queering of Dorothy Dix. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> the Queering of Dorothy Dix. Let's do it. <laughs> Um. <laughs> That's already a title of a thing, I guess. It sounds like it's a real thing, doesn't it? It kind of does. <laughs> it sounds like something that really needs to happen. Like, how about, okay, so you can write. No, because I know someone else who wants to do this, and you know who it is? What? Oh my God, we might have this okay, out. Okay, so you The write poets some... reading the news uh, people are into this idea as well. Really? Yes, because it's poets reading the news. Okay, I feel like a different if, era I, of news. if I wrote the thing, I would be I would call it turning out Dor- Dorothy Dix. <laughs> <laughs> like that would be my take on it. I mean, the problem is with her name; it just sounds more I, sexual than it's supposed it's to be. It's just no matter so what good. Do. It's so perfect. <laughs> I got topped by Dorothy Dix. Yeah, it, it could always just be another. <laughs> Another turn. It could just be another play on the, th- the oh my god the theme. This is never ending. <laughs> so advice, yeah, advice. But I don't like who, it. It always is a little baffling to me who's writing to advice columnists to ask advice. Really, yeah. I think a little bit of it's fabricated because I think maybe it, some of it is fabricated, but I don't. But some of it's got to not be, and it's like. I guess what it's sometimes I guess it makes more sense because it's something you want to be anonymous or you want to be, but then some things just seem so mundane. It's like, why do you need a right to someone in a column to get an answer to this? (laughs) I mean, it's easier sometimes than talking to the people you know, right? Like anonymity, like. But I think Joseph's talking about I stuff guess. that's even like but more some like stuff, it doesn't seem like things where anonymity matters. Like it's yeah. about their neighbor or something who's yeah. doing something annoying or like mm. yeah, it's like. <laughs> but I guess there's like the feeling of if you're in print, it's like some minor fame or something. Yeah, people want minor fame for their problems. Well, maybe during the break, I can mine the archive and find answers to these troubling questions and more tonight at 7. Sorry, I was just having one of those. It's how I keep the show kind of da-da. Keep going. Don't apologize. <laughs> okay. So many of Dorothy's dicks. <laughs> No, there's a few books, too, that are referential to her columns where it becomes more of a com- compilation. And then there's also book, a book that she wrote of her travels of the world and her interactions with people. Really? And, yeah, yeah. And she had mostly failed relationship her whole life. Oh, really? Of, yeah, of her, own, really of her own situation. Kind of okay. was like, shit. So I was, in, <laughs> I was actually invited to do a queer um, relationship advice column for this uh, queer wedding magazine. Uh, and the month that I was supposed to start, my wife and I separated. And they, oh, perfect. <laughs> and they were like, okay, why don't you get back to us when your life is, <laughs> is a little more coherent? Uh, so Great timing. Yeah, great timing. <laughs> wow, remarkable. 
Okay. Okay. Do you have a poem for it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have so many poems. What kind of poem do you want me to read? No, I mean, I mean, I think, uh, I think, like, so this is this is like a segue into talking about po- poetics. But you know, it's like it's so funny as we um, as we turn out Dorothy Dix. I suppose it's like it, you know, there's there's these universal these sort of universals that I think we are talking about come through in these unexpected ways, you know. And uh, I mean, let's let's. Let's hear, I don't know, can you give us like a backstory or something, or maybe don't even have to reveal who it is, but can you, can you read us something that like maybe can, can you, do you have a piece that can kind of evoke the conversation? Evoke the conversation? <laughs> like we're on queerness, so I want to re- write a, I want to read a poem about queer dating, but, uh, but I don't have to do that. So tell that me makes, where to go. Yeah, that That's makes great. more sense, I think, okay. to start there maybe. All right, I have a queer dating anthem. This is called Queer New Orleans. Trigger warning. This poem is not trauma sensitive. I saw that girl you fucked buying king cake in October. What the fuck were you thinking? I know you were tripping on Kratom, but she's a total gentrifier. I saw that boy you pegged at the yoga for LGBTQA bedwetters with scabies at the end of the world. Are you fucking kidding me? I know it was Mardi Gras, but he brought his emotional support possum. I saw that person you fisted smoking thumb drives outside the House of Blues. Seriously? I know you were on the rebound from your thruple, but they're mega basic. I ran into that person with the undesignated gender expression I dated, henceforth referred to by the initials P and Q at the Target in Metairie. I am the adult child of alcoholics and not in a cute way. I ran into that student I made out with at the Drifter at a musical reprise of The Last Unicorn. I am the teacher who fucks her students. Oops. I ran into the other student I wanted to fuck but didn't at the OK Bar during a suicide morning party. I am never using Facebook Messenger again, and now I can't go into Bud Rips. I am a social pariah. Except, what's your weekend look like? Do you want to ride bikes and color coordinate our armpit hair? You can be bottom and I'll be switch, and you can be top after this social justice for Severed Head's poetry march and ice cream social. We don't wear hankies anymore. They don't fit in the too small pocket of a denim vest, but the black diamond patch means I have daddy issues. If you know that, so do you. The pink square means STI friendly. Who isn't? The white triangle means that I will fuck you and never call, but I'll tell everyone that you give good head because I am a generous lover. <laughs> That's pretty personal. Is it? Or is it like more universal? <laughs> I thought it was a, a I'm gonna say fictional it's pretty, speaker. But. That's what I thought too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a personal universal. Yeah. Yeah. Did it feel personal? No. It, I, well, yeah, I mean, it... It it definitely felt like I was like seeing one of the like I was like seeing one of those like each in its own little comic frame actually like that's how I was picturing it in my mind like the delivery mm. like the the delivery of the of the of the I didn't think that this was like one voice that was talking about every single like the, uh, every experience but it could have been like different voices from the community. Oh, yes. It's sort of like the voice of, like, the queer social. Like, it's not my voice. It's, like, our voice. Like... The queer social. Yeah. Yeah, like... The, <laughs> the queer. But it's, like, kind of making fun of the the speaker sometimes, too. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean... Self-effacing. Yeah. Yeah. She's funny. <laughs> and you get to get to have all the nice little catalog of places in new orleans through the course of it too which is nice yeah it's a really it's like very precious in that way and how specific it is it's very tailored to a certain audience it's very tailored to a certain place it's very very so does that go over so like when you read it is it people like yeah i like that you know yeah it's my i know that place to read and um (laughs) and and people who you know, who go to poetry readings like like me to read it. It's a fun, it's like an audience fun. It's like fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of flirtatious in its way, you know? Like it's a good way to get to get rapport 
with, well, with the right audience. I can't read that in, fr in front of a bunch of fucking straight people <laughs> and like have them, you know, but like if I, when I read that in the right place at the right time, like everybody's like, oh, okay. Like we're all together in this. Like now, now we can hang out, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I never get numbers based on that though. <laughs> <laughs> well it's okay you know because like if you're if you're trying to get numbers based on that you know you i mean that's not like that's like that's like you know you get other you get other things based on that you don't get numbers it's true yeah <laughs> numbers come from other asks other ways no you don't think you should uh read poems to get to try <laughs> Oh, I think you should definitely read poems to get numbers, though. Just not. I mean, that isn't that what? Isn't that? Isn't that's wait, what poetry is for, right? But I, I mean, didn't you ever join poetry workshop just to figure out who the cool girls were to make out with or hang out with or just like get to know? Because I was like, I want the dialogue through this po poetic, and I want to understand things. And then all of a sudden, like you, you, you in the workshop, it's like, it's like, it's like there's these like natural conversations that happen like with in, in the inner conversation and the next thing you know you're like talking after class and there's like this connection and then you're connecting on this level and that level and it's like it's like it's like when you have like the desire for this specific poetic conversation very particular type of poetic conversation through language and sort of the the, the destruction and creation of language and i don't know i think it's like I was always looking for something to talk about in a certain way that I couldn't find except for in the writing workshop. And it was usually coming from certain types of people. Yeah. So it was a very specific conversation. I mean, I, I've, I've broken that rule many times, but I always thought poets shouldn't date other poets. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I have a lot to say about this, but first I want to go back to what Joseph one, Joseph point one. <laughs> Easter egg number one. Easter egg number one was saying. Um, so like, I think that all kinds of conversation are like a form of like, of, of like intercourse to be, you know, sort of like blunt about it, but like particularly poetic conversation, because like, there's always like this, like you're like working with something that's like inherent, inherently like involves the like slippage of language. And so like, those are like conversations in which, you know, like there's like, it's like sexy, you know? So should poets date each other? Like nobody should fucking date poets. Let's be real. Well, that might be true. <laughs> like I think we're all crazy. And should we date each other? I don't. I'm not sure. But I've never had a like a very long term successful relationship with a person who was not a writer of some kind. Is that because it's like something that's so essential to your like? root based practice of your daily existence and your way you work through or, or that you earn as well, that like someone has to be paired with you in that way that is critical. Um, I think that like, it is, it is like my most, that writing is my, is my most comfortable native form of communication. And so if I can't write to somebody and have them pick up what I'm putting down and vice versa, then I think there's just some fundamental level on which we don't, we can't, um, we can't vibe, right? Hmm. Like we can't like attune to each other and like then there may be multitudes of other ways that I can attune to them, but it doesn't lead itself to like anything that is like sort of like long-term interesting for me. Does that make sense? So basically what you said in different language. <laughs> yeah. And I was just thinking before you said that, and I was like thinking about like, I was like looking around for some sort of paper and I was going to like, just try to like take two sheets of paper and overlap them. You know, in this um, this exercise that I'm going to do, but but here you, as we as we keep you're talking. coming up with exercises over here. <laughs> Have you dated a lot of poets? Um, not really. I I mostly try to avoid it, and then now, but I guess you know, my wife now is a poet, but she didn't really make that clear till later on. <laughs> Did she come out to you as a poet? <laughs> Yeah, well, she didn't really present herself as a poet or like or anything in the beginning, you know. Oh, 
That's really funny. So how did you feel when you found out she was a poet? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's fine. It's good, I guess. But I was surprised, you know. Do, do you like her work? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. No, I think there's good things maybe about it, but I also think it's like sometimes too much. Too much for you both to be poets? Uh, she wasn't presenting as a poet. I know. <laughs> well, I, like, I like that. She was just <laughs> passing as like a... Just, you know, trying to pretend to be normal or something. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, thank God. So. <laughs> no, but it's but it is definitely you know it's a great thing when you have a partner that you can talk to about things that you're reading or thinking about with poetics. But yeah. But then sometimes maybe it's nice to be able to take a break from that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I feel like the thing is, is like, so on the one hand, it's like really hard for poets to date each other. On the really other hand, it's hard for poets to date anybody else. Because the thing is, is that I feel like nobody outside of poetry understands that like we just write poems all the time. And so I'm always writing poems for people. Like I have a whole fucking file of Tinder poems of people that I like yeah, had yeah. super incidental interactions with that I like wrote a poem for. And so I think that like what having a poem written for or about you means to like other people is different than what it means to people within poetry. Sure. And so yeah. like sometimes people are like, oh shit, she wrote me a poem. She's like totally <laughs> obsessed with me. And I'm like, no, that's just what I was doing at smoking on my back porch this morning. Yeah. 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 It's like, well, yeah, I also wrote a poem about the checkout person at the grocery. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, which is not to say that, like, you know, the the love poems I write are never important. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they are, but there's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just that we, like, we, we, we figured out how to tune ourselves in or dial ourselves in to, to making the poet, the poems as part of our, like, daily practice, you know, the walk. Or the, the, yeah. The, it, it contributes to the beat of the rhythm of our walk. You know, like in this way, it's like, it's like attached. It's the, the way that your language and mind becomes attached to your city and ro your rotation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like mm -hmm. how you can, how you can be thinking in a poetic way as you're shopping in a grocery store and then have this flash of a, of a, of a scene where it's just like, okay, like this is a, this is a change in perspective in a way that I can I can access right now in a poetic sense, and then you can like make an imprint and record it through a language scape that you paint sometimes there, and then paint sometimes when you record it, like when you're in the moment. But then also like you compose the seat, mm -hmm. the situation, yeah, yeah, yeah. recompose the situation when you reconstruct it. Yeah, yeah, it does just become part of the way that you navigate. Yeah, and, I, and as I do these pieces where I where I dictate into my phone as I walk uh -huh. between places, uh -huh. and I like I like bring in like thoughts in my mind about people that I'm thinking of, but also like pieces of my environment, and it like makes for this like you know like Patterson esque, hmm. I think like way to blend your uh, the natural landscape along with your thoughts to create some pro profitable ambiguities. Do you send them to people or are they for you? Sometimes I send them off. Mm. Sometimes I send them off. Sometimes they just stay where they are. I guess it just, uh, it just depends. Sometimes they're more complete than other times. I think like a 20 to 30 minute walk is a nice amount of time for like a, one chunk that you can then take and break up. Hmm. 30 minutes, 40, you know, maybe. I received a, a poem the other day that was somebody um, talking as they walked, and I loved it so much. One of my favorite things I've, I've gotten in a long time. 
Yeah. It wasn't from you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Just to be clear. You can edit that out. So this is some craft project you have going on over here. Yeah. I'm just I'm just occupying my time. What are you what are you talking about? Well now no now I want to see where this is going. And you're going to have to explain it because there's like this snipping going on in the background of the whole conversation. You can hear that? I know you can hear that. (laughs) Also, I have to say that I've been trying to figure out whether if I put my mouth really close to the microphone, it'll be able to hear the LaCroix like bubbling in my mouth. Oh, that might be nice. I don't know. I I don't know if we've ever had sparkling water. Being drawn on me on the recording before. All right, hold on. Well, I mean, you can hear when you do that, but you're like gargling. <laughs> no, you can't hear that. Mm. <laughs> it's only in your head. <laughs> it's only in your face. Can you hear that? I love the things that I can only hear in my head. All right. So what? So before we move on to the next part of this conversation, what are you doing with these pieces of paper over yeah, here, Megas? What are you doing? I'm, I'm just processing something. Okay. <laughs> could, you be, could you be a little more specific? Uh, I was just like thinking about like the overlapping of different languages. Mm. I was like just like wanting to like take a Joseph Albers approach to the coloring of it, and just like dr- make these like circles that sort of symbolize, symbolize like different languages or poetics, or they could be like each their own idea. This could be like the whole, this could be like the totality of poetic. This could be queer voice or this could be whatever. This could be male voice. Or it could be like some way that these shapes interact with each other. Like the idea of a Venn diagram, but I just wanted to visual, I wanted to actually visualize it. Mm. Okay. Like as sort of like a game or like just sort of when understanding uh, different. I'm on this end of the thought. I'm on this end of the arc, but over here, or I'm on this end of the arc, but over here. You know what I mean? To each question or each thing. (laughs) It was like just the beginning of a concept. Wait, where was this concept initiated? In what part of the conversation when we were talking about like? Let's start here. Okay. Does this what I just created uh-huh. here? Does it does it does this appear to be be a, be something that could be a complete thing? Just by looking at what I've presented and what I, I, I this is this is what we have. I feel like this is a philosophical question, <laughs> and like I'm like yes. Okay, when you reach for one, which one do you like? I like the pink one. Okay, so here have the pink one, Joseph. Okay, which one thanks. do you like? Um, this one. You want the the salmon? I'll take the fucking blue. Um. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing with these. I don't even, I don't know what we're going to do either. It feels like. I mean, it just like goes real well with me. <laughs> and this is another thing, but I'm not Wait, too does sure. This rep, is this representative of my voice? I, I'm not, I'm not too sure yet. Okay. I need something like a little. Can I have the scissors, please? <laughs> <laughs> I need to have like the little, little pointy speech bubble. A little speech bubble. Right, we can do that. Gonna... Everybody got their own speech bubble. I'm gonna change the shape of mine. This, that's always great when we do visual things on a podcast because it's. Oh yes. So this is what we. This is gonna be part of the show notes now. All right. Oh good. Yeah. Okay. Like that. Yeah. 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 Sure. Speech bubble. <laughs> Speech bubble. That's Is like it, a pie piece. Yeah, the pie. <laughs> this is the speech bubble. Oh, interesting. 
You both have speech bubbles. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's a little messy. Huh. <laughs> Two speech bubbles in the pie. All right, but you were originally using this to visualize some kind of like different aspects <laughs> of of poetic voice or something. Uh, yeah, I, w I don't know. I mean, I, I, yeah, okay, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Or it could be, or it could be. Okay, so let me let me just let me just flick. Okay, so what if we have what if we have, we have the the, the, the little extra moon, <laughs> the moon. Okay, then we got the pie. We got the speech bubble. Okay, and then like maybe say. Let me say this isn't a speech bubble, and I want to say we got okay. We got the we got the the horn, the, the crescent, and the speech bubble, and this is the onion. Instead of the speech bubble, it's the onion, and it, the onion is. We're going to talk about how deep you want to go and peel at the onion. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before we got sidetracked on the on the craft project here, we were talking about poets dating. Poets dating. This is are there are there poets. like good examples of of poets who've dated other poets that we feel like they they have you know emulative relationships or something? No, I don't think so. I looked <laughs> today actually, and I tried to find um, I tried to find poets that I loved and whether they were in relationship with other poets, and I think that no, I can't find I can't find any. It's not like painters, like painters do that. Like there are two good painters in a relationship sometimes, but, but poetry, it doesn't seem like so much. And I, I thought about this really hard. Like, I feel like somebody has to be the muse and that person doesn't necessarily make poetry hmm. or as a, as a primary activity. I don't know. What about like yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't I didn't research this, so I haven't looked in. Or but I don't know, like what are like are there any like close to I mean there's definitely some ones you can think of that are pretty negative <laughs> relationships. I, mean, I well, I tried to find people that I like, so uh I mean Nina Lloyd dated poets, but I wouldn't call any of those relationships <laughs> like <laughs> Um, ideal. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, they produced really good work on her part, but in terms of the relationship, that's not, it doesn't seem like they, I don't want to say that a relationship is unsuccessful if it doesn't last though. That's yeah, something that's I'm, true. I'm not, I'm that's not, true. I'm not for that. Um, but it doesn't seem like any of them were that ideal. Hmm, hmm, hmm. So what about just ones who at least got some good poems out of it? Yeah, I mean, we're always... I mean, there's tons of good poems. There's tons of good poems out of it. Yeah, I ha there, it's easy to find, like, stacks of love poetry, you know, and poetry about heartbreak and, you know, all of the attendant feelings. Bluesy poems. Bluesy? Blues. <laughs> <laughs> blues, that's what the blues, right? Yeah. Isn't that what the blues is all about? Do you write poems for your wife? Uh, I mean, not in a very particular way. Hmm. But I don't think... I think some of them maybe kind of are, but no one would know that necessarily. Yeah. She wouldn't even necessarily know. <laughs> unless I tell her. <laughs> Joseph, do you write poems for people that you like? I do. <laughs> I definitely do. <laughs> uh, I would say that primarily right now, that is how I am writing poetry, is just for poems for people that I like. I, I'm, like, so with you. And so, like, if, there's not, if I don't have somebody that I like, I feel really, like, pent up. Like, they're, like my whole process is all fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's always, like, a sort of mode of communication that you can get into that's, like, breaking open maybe more boundaries. Like, even though it might be, like, less determinant, it, 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 it like, works in sort of, like, that language space. 
where like where like meanings can happen on 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 the wing, as I like to would say, hmm. and you can kind of like be like lost in like the creation of a of like a of like a new language. Hmm. In like a way that's like in the in like a way that's like uh like fleeting and present, like where like if you have something to say and you say it without saying it, but the poem is like a process of an answer, but isn't but is an answer in and of itself, but doesn't ever get to the answer. That's like success, mm. as far as like. Well, there's probably, right, I mean, I mean, we've definitely talked about love poetry on here before, but it's like there's definitely that, I think one of the advantages of that for poetry is poetry's kind of doing the same thing as you're, you naturally do in that situation, because there's this reaching across aspect, like you're saying, and you're trying to reach across and make apparent something internal, which is impossible to do in a direct way, right? An abstraction know. is sort of like how you paint a feeling... Or an emotion, or like a whatever you want to call it, like the the emotion, the feeling, and not saying it's this word, but like saying it's like this collection of experiences through this lens. That's mm. that's it's more it's 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 you being more vulnerable and explaining something, or like or trying to encapsulate something with like a certain look at it. That's like a lens moving and a poem as a poem moves, the lens is shifting and you try to capture this moment of it and you can sometimes it's a little more risky and maybe you're, you're being more vulnerable yourself because you're letting someone into the, that perspective, which is like more like open, open. I don't know. I don't, I feel, okay, so I, like I'm partially with you and I partially feel like when you write that way for another person, you're like co-creating a new perspective and like to go back to what you were saying and like the, and like relationship is formed when that, when you reach out in that way, like, hi, I'm trying to co-create this perspective with you and that yeah. person reaches back, which is why I think that I haven't had like primary important relationships with people who don't write because like that's the way I reach right mm -hmm. like if I reach to you this way you don't yeah. reach back then then we're not holding hands that makes sense yeah you know yeah yeah do we want to maybe do you have like maybe one that's not your own you found yeah, that's like a so love poem many. like that that a love poem we, well or whatever isn't that what you were you're collecting here is your there are love poems and then there are poems about dating there are poems about heartbreak oh, oh either way yeah yeah love poem. Hmm. i like this this is sort of a realistic um love poem waving me off of the sort of circles almost completely. erica joe brown's i'm your huckleberry and it's called spidey man I cannot wait to see you again and forthwith to kiss you again and again. Generic prairie buds are practically exploding in anticipation. A fucking headache, if I'm honest. Oh, pheasant, I'm thinking about conservation and hunting in our little house in the suburbs, sagely colored, covered with sage, where we use each other like gasoline. I don't burn for you as much as I saw a dead and dried spider in a borrowed cereal bowl. I blew it out of the door. It strove straight up. I wished you were here in the ensuing silence, the stupefaction. Hmm. Yeah, that's another, I mean, I was just thinking as, as you were reading that too, though, that's another fun thing about love poems is it's this convention, so there's all these kind of fun things to play with, like like you can play with the registers and using the old language, or, or the little endearments, like you can do something funny, like pheasant is, is a weird yeah. <laughs> endearment, but it's great, right? And, you know, that it, that is just this wealth of this built-in language of love poetry that you can play with when you're writing those, which is fun. That's true. There's just like thousands upon thousands of years of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe that is like, you know, well, as far as lyric po poetry, that probably is the beginning of it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
his love poems. <laughs> oh, wait. I found a great poem by Audre Lorde. Hold on. I only read poems right now by women and queer people. <laughs> and Audre Lorde happens to be both. Where is it? This one is actually, like, lovely. It's called Recreation by Audre Lorde. Coming together, it is easier to work after our bodies meet. Paper and pen neither care for profit, whether we write or not. But as your body moves under my hands, charged and waiting, we cut the leash. You create me against your thighs, hilly with images. Moving through our word countries, my body writes into your flesh the poem you make of me. Touching you, I catch midnight as moon fires set in my throat. I love you, flesh into blossom. I made you, and take you made into me. Hmm. So, I feel like this is a poem about another poet. Right? Yeah, well, whether it is or not, though, it's definitely the same thing we were talking about. Of, I mean, it's very clearly setting the parallel between writing poetry and being in a relationship with someone and, and how and they're fucking. kind of the same thing, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, and that's the other nice thing about I guess, love poetry too. It does allow, like, even in the past, I mean, now I guess maybe that's allowed, but it maybe allows for sensuality in a way that doesn't have to be embarrassed about it. Oh, that's interesting. Right, because you can do it in an indirect way and it still can be intense, right? And it can be very evocative of it. Yes, I mean... Yes, I feel like that's what what poetry did for like decades upon decades. Um, and maybe even now when you are maybe a little more allowed to talk about those things, but even now it still might be more successful at capturing capturing sex than talking about it directly in some ways. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I'm trying to think about how I talk about sex in my work. So I write a lot. I write a lot about sex, um, but I'm really, really direct about it. Um, like in a way that, um, like I hope that is like so direct that it that it eventually points to something else. You know, like I do a lot of overstatement. Overstatement? Overt. Over, overt. Over, okay. Overstatement. Okay. Um, but maybe also overt, you know? But is that, but that's kind of, that kind of writing is kind of performing a different function with it, right? In uh, Different from what? Well, from like what you would be doing in a poem. Like. Yeah, there's like a sensuality about a poem that like doesn't say that it's about sex. Yeah. Like, I'm more like, I'm more, my tendency is to more be like, this poem is about sex. <laughs> Make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. Except I would never even say sex. I would definitely say fucking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> As the lime sparkles in my mouth. It's like the sound of the sparkle. The, the... <laughs> okay, edit that part out. I think I'm leaving that in. Oh, great. <laughs> this place makes me want to smoke in it, even though it's like a total fire hazard. Oh, yeah. Entirely. Yeah, probably the yeah. worst. Just like one place. You gotta, you gotta smoke. What? You got a cigarette? Yeah. Yeah, let's just smoke it. Oh, okay. Do you want one? <laughs> Smoking, it's not that bad. It's talk all... about sex and poetry. Do you want me to read you guys some more poems? Yeah, right. absolutely. Let's see. Which one did I find here? Um, 
Oh, this sort of like points back to what we were just talking about, like poems uh, about like the history of love poems. So this is uh, from Patricia Lockwood's Motherland, Fatherland, Homeland Sexuals. <laughs> love poem like we used to write it. Says here is a girl who gets written like palms. Says here is a girl who moves paint like Tahiti. Teeth infinite white and infinite many, and with them she infinite eat me, and mouthful of invert and cane and coarse sugar, and her dresses all came from across the water, and they rode a light chop on the sea in fast shifts, and she owns 20 pairs of the shape of her hands, and slash silk on her shoulder like claws of a parrot, and here the love poem delights. The word parrot will never be replaced and will continue meaning always exactly what it means, as none of the words in this sentence have done. Come read me again in a hundred years and see how I keep my shape. Love poem back to your subject. The word parrot is not the right woman for you. Hard to hold and too much read. Love poem, think long arms and flies nowhere. I remember her now, it says, and says she is far from me. Says, hear how her voice is a western slope. When west meant the sun, it rose and set there and monstrous the shadows of flowers all down it. In the days before voice meant something you wrote with. Love poem, as we used to write it, says her small brown paw is adorable, which is to say brown as we used to use it, which is to say just sunburned, just monstrous, the shadows of flowers all on it, which is to say paw as we used to use it, which is to say a human hand and human as we used to use it, which is to say almost no one among us. Blonde, of course, and blonde, blonde as a coil of rope, and someone hauled on her somewhere, and loop after loop flew out of her helpless. The someone was out at sea, and language on my shoulder like claws of a parrot. I sailed the world over to deliver one letter, one letter of even one letter, one word, and one word as we used to use it. In those days, she was the only lady. In those days, she wrote a small round hand and I hauled it. I hauled on it, saw it fly loop by loop out of her. <laughs> yeah, I like how, uh, I like the parts in that one where it's kind of cutting the, cutting the phrase short and starting new phrases in the middle. It makes it, it makes it the juxtaposition is really crisp and kind of funny. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, but it is, yeah. Well, yeah, and it's it's doing that historical thing, but it's almost like, oh, it's being written from an impossible perspective, which is kind of nice. Yeah. What, oh, I love that you say an impossible perspective, but tell me what you mean by that. I feel like, okay, go ahead. Well, just because it's just like this overview of, mm -hmm. it's almost like someone who's, you know, existed for, hundreds of years and has gotten to see the development of of it firsthand is kind of how it feels. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like um, I'm really seeing like Gauguin being like chopped apart in this. Yeah, and yeah. I love and I love that, you know, like and not just Gauguin, but the whole like the whole like uh, worshipping of women that you condescend to through odes yeah yeah <laughs> you know like as being like uh being shredded and put back together in this in this work and i really like that what is the title of that one that one's it's called love poem like we used to write it okay Yeah, because there's the T Tahiti reference right away. But, well, right that's away. also nice, but, like, yeah. you don't... Even, I mean, I don't think... I wasn't sure, but it was... I still immediately thought of Gauguin. I was like, oh, well, is yeah. this... Yeah. Or... But, yeah. you know, you don't right away know that. I, I like the, the subtlety of that. Yeah. It takes a little while to build until you're sure. Until you're sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's why I was asking the title. I was like, was it in the title and I just missed that? No, you didn't miss no. it. No. <laughs> 
So that's cool. I've never I've never seen this book. I got it this. in Savannah where they have a very good bookstore with a very good poetry section. That's kind of an interesting cover cover too. I like that. This is a little, little closer to my my sphere, I guess. So this is from Why Things Burn by Daphne Gottlieb. It's kind of old. It's called Mastering the Art of Poetry. With thanks to Dossie Easton, some text kidnapped from her manual, The Topping Book, which if you don't know what The Topping Book is, it's a, it's a book for if you want to be a sexual top. Got it? Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Make sure you have everything you will need on hand. Pen, paper, or computer keyboard. Dictionary, thesaurus, scissors, surgical. Tape, first aid kit, plastic wrap, feathers, candles, clothespins, gag, rope, handcuffs, an assortment of whips, from fat thudding floggers to bitey braided cats. Maybe a wooden paddle, rubbing alcohol, piercing sharps, scalpel, a cane or two, and a writing crop. Got everything? Good. Negotiate. 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 If you want your poem to beg or struggle, make that clear. Listen to your poem's desires and get ready to be powerful and terrible. Your poem is quivering in front of you and your iron will will as it kisses the collar you hold. Begin, start slowly, gradually, maybe a little stroking, teasing pinches, a few words chosen carefully go a long way. Now escalate. If you've if you've started with your gentlest, sweetest metaphor, it's time to build up to something a little harder. Feel it? Your poem opening up, reeling, writhing, relinquishing control. Good. Take it right to the edge of what it can stand, then back off. Then right back to the edge and back off again, up to a farther edge as your poem swells with the marks you leave on its skin. One, thank you, master. Two, thank you, master. Three, thank you, master. As you push it, drag it, hold it down, raise it up. Thank you, master. Tell your poem, you're about to get a verb you'll never forget, you little slut. Tell your poem, I want to hear you scream. Tell your poem, you only get 40 more words, you greedy bitch. And when it has taken all it can bear, hold that precious poem close. Show it how much it has pleased you and rest. Give it your name and kiss it goodnight. <laughs> so again, again, more making the poem into the <laughs> object of desire. Yeah. Or... <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the poem is sort of always the object of desire for poets, I think, you know, like, uh, a couple months ago, Megan Burns and I had the conversation, like, uh, are we having relationships just to make the poems? <laughs> like, is it, <laughs> is it about the relationship or is it about the poem? That's probably an impossible question to answer. It is. It is an impossible <laughs> question to answer. <laughs> Fortunately, it's probably not one that really needs to be answered, but. The world can wait. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Magos, what did you think of that one? We, we <laughs> lost him so long ago. He's like so out. I was thinking it was more like this one was a little bit more, you know. I mean, it started with the list poem, right? Didn't that piece, it started as a list poem at first. And I, and I, and I was like, first, like seeing all this, like this kit that was entering the conversation at first. Yeah. Right? So it was kind of setting us up for like what was coming next. Yeah. It was more like, okay, this is what I'm bringing into the room. Yeah. And then this is how I'm going to show it. Yeah. So I think that form could be you. You know, you could use that form again, right? You could take that form and like, you 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 explain what we're bringing in the room. Yeah. And this is about the conversation we're about to have. Yeah. And this is how this might go. Yeah. Do you want to participate or don't you? Yeah. <laughs> can I have your consent? Yeah. Can a poem consent to be dominated? <laughs> ah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
That's a fucking good question. <laughs> that is a good question. I mean, For, let's take a caller. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna take a caller. Caller, <laughs> can a poem consent to be dominated? I feel like just like in BDSM, the person who does the dominating is actually at the service of the person who's being dominated. And so, like, if the if the poem consents to be dominated, you're you are still in the position of service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably a good way of thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. It would have to be for the poem to work, I think. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So we've seen a few different kind of aspects of dating in poems. What about like, does it do any of these? So that's kind of like getting into more of a modern. Are there things that are like different now about dealing with dating or sex in poems that are totally like new horizon compared to like the historical aspect of it? I don't know. I was thinking about that because I have, um, because I have used, like I've used, uh, on my Tinder profile, I, I, I used to have a poem up as my Tinder profile uh-huh. and I was like, Oh, is that a new thing? But then I went back and I looked and I found that, uh, Allen Ginsberg has a poem that is a personal ad. Oh, yeah, so, like, yeah. It's like the same, it's the same, you know, it's like the same idea in new technology. Yeah. It's a little bit of a different setting but not totally it's not a, totally yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that probably uh, filters a certain amount of people out if you have a poem yeah, <laughs> <That's your proof. laughs> yeah. <laughs> i mean honestly it was more popular me reading it than it was as a tinder profile <laughs> sure Megos, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. maybe that's what you need to try next what? Next time you're next time you're on a dating app, put a poem as your profile. Um. Okay. Okay, I can do this. I could. I could. I could do that. I think. What's I it gonna say? Let me think about that. Let me think about that. I just thought maybe if I Are put you, you on the spot, you would say. <laughs> that didn't work. It's trying to draw you back in. To the interview here. What would it say? It would say like it would say something like, um, you know, um, I don't know. I would I would probably just like cut maybe cut up some Bowie lyrics and <laughs> string them back together, and uh, and maybe like I don't know. Edit, edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> do we have that Ginsburg poem? Yeah. 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 Maybe we should. Maybe we should do that. Okay. When all else fails, read more poems. Well, sometimes it works, and it's just funny, even if it doesn't work. You can maybe try me again in a second. <laughs> we could edit this part back in. <laughs> okay. This poem is called "Personal Ad." Poet professor in autumn years seeks helpmate, companion, protector, friend, young lover with empty, compassionate soul, exuberant spirit, straightforward, handsome, athletic physique, and boundless mind, courageous warrior who may also like women and girls, no problem, to share bed, meditation apartment, lower east side, help inspire mankind, conquer world, anger, and guilt. <laughs> Empowered by Whitman, Blake, Rimbaud, Ma Rainey, and Vivaldi. Familiar, respecting arts, primordial majesty, preapic, carefree, playful, harmless slave or master, mortally tender, passing swift time, photographer, musician, painter, poet, yuppie, or scholar. Find me here in New York, alone with the alone, going to lady psychiatrist who says, Make time in your life for someone you can call darling, honey, who holds you dear, can get excited and lay his head on your heart in peace. <laughs> That's pretty great. And he, he's, he's kind of a, well, in addition to like, I mean, probably pretty genuinely saying what, what he would want, uh, kind of revealing a lot about himself in the process in a way that's really nice. Yeah, it's really lovely. I mean, I would definitely swipe right on Allen Ginsberg. Yeah. 
Maybe we should. Yeah, I was like thinking. I was just thinking like, what I could, I could like. What if I put up like a? What if I put up like a Tinder profile for Walt Whitman? <laughs> and like, put that up and like, I wonder how what kind of responses I would get from that. Oh, I hope really beautiful ones. <laughs> And the seventh caller will get a prize <laughs> of the pack. The prize package today is... Um, but there probably is never, like, a... There's no end to it, right? Like, you could do any... I mean, you could do that. I mean, that would actually be, like, a fun writing prompt or something to make people make write... personal ad. Personal ads like that, you yeah. know? Everybody make a personal ad for yourself. I mean, it'd be hard to top that in some ways. It's but. impossible to top that. It's beautiful. It's like vulnerable and also like super honest. Yeah. But that would still be a cool writing prompt, yeah. And you could, I mean, I can just imagine that'd be a great to just see like a big collection of all these different people and their, their own individual like way of doing that it would be nice. A, con- a concept book of poems that's just like uh, all these like past poets dating profiles. Like you write the. No, I'm not saying that. I want to see people like actually do that, like Ginsburg did. Like poets right now, like an anthology of just that would be pretty cool. I don't know. I want a whole dating app that's just poets that just has, or other kinds of artists are fine that just has like poetic profiles. Yeah. I'm really for that. That could be cool too. Yeah. That would probably actually make money if you did that. Yeah. Get on it. Poetry date. Just dating after poets. Yeah. Well, I mean, you might have to expand it to... Poetry-driven... Creative types. Creative type. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> post seven... Post ten pictures of your best artwork. Here's your... Write your best poem. What's your... Well, I like that medium? idea. Like, there's What's no... Medium? You're not allowed to have pictures. Yeah. Initially. You have to get that afterwards. Wow, you gotta go through the the poetic first. You gotta go through the poems first and read them and like them. Or art or whatever, yeah. And you, yeah, and, and then you get or the art and then you get into the person second. Yeah. Alright. Another business idea. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Are you are you a single artist looking to date in your community? And want to engage people through your work and not through your personality? <laughs> Is your work your personality, though? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is it. How do we? Are we trying to figure out how to close this one out? That's what I was trying to do. Yeah. How do we wrap this up? Should poets date other poets? Should poets date? Period. I mean, yes. It's it's hard to find any way around it. I think. Even if you thought it was a bad idea. You're probably going to end up dating no matter what you do. Right? Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, then we get to read all the nice nice poems that come out as a result of it, I guess. So they should for that reason, if nothing else. Yeah. Even if it's a horrifying experience, which it probably will be at least 50% of the time. I mean, aren't all relationships <laughs> horrifying experiences 50% of the time? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Might as well make art out of them. Might as well. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> no, that went, that's I, I thought that was a good spot. Um, do you have any projects or things you want to plug right now? Uh oh, whoa! I have so many projects uh, that I want to plug right now. Shit. I didn't think about that. Uh, okay, so uh, I have a GoFundMe right now for an ethno-autobiography that I'm working on that's about trauma and magic in Mexico City. So I don't know if you... Will you guys post a link to Absolutely, that? Absolutely, yeah. We'll put I that need, in the show notes. I need money to go see a witch and people who robbed me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I can make writing out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an intriguing GoFundMe project, if nothing else. <laughs> There's going to be like four people that support it, and hopefully all of them have $500. <laughs> <laughs> well, great, right now. Yeah, we'll definitely put, put, a, put a link up for that. Okay, cool. 
Absolutely. Thanks. Anything else? Anything else? Ooh. Find me on Vice. Go to All my right. website, tracyannduncan.com. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you for sharing poems today and musings on dating and love poetry and all of that you are so welcome thank you for having me all right and that is all for this week see y'all again next week on no good poetry <laughs>